Hello, Janelle. How are you today? I am doing good. Kids got back to school yesterday, so today feels like that first day where we're back into routine and I've got some alone time to get stuff done again. So that's nice. Oh, that feels so great. I was like procrastinating going to bed last night because of today's a full, full work day, right? Like I've, I've got a list, I've got a laundry list of things that need to be done. And yeah, last night I was like in denial a bit about the reality of September. Yeah. I love September. It feels, this is the first year and maybe it's, it's because of a, a change in, in work and I'm working completely from home now, but September really feels like a new year to me. It has some January fresh start uh, vibes. So I'm kind of digging that. It's It's been nice. Yeah. I have viewed September as the new year for a long time. It feels like a, a fresh start and, you know, the leaves are changing. We're not totally into winter yet. It, yeah. It feels um, I like to celebrate that transition a lot more in September than I actually do in January. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So tell me, you are working from home and can you share with us some of the heaviest parts of motherhood for you and how you've ended up now working from home, running your own ship with your own schedule and give, give some context to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, motherhood. Um, <laughs> where to start? Hey, I think for me personally, it's the guilt, the feeling mm-hmm. of, of guilt and stories that we really do just make up ourselves and the pressure that we put on ourselves and not realizing that we're our own worst enemy in that. And we're the culprit of these stories and these feelings of, of guilt and, and really not feeling like we're doing enough ever or always in this cycle of going and doing for for everybody else because we feel like that's what we should do and um yeah when you stop and pause and have that chance to reflect and think about like what who am I really doing this for and and what is this about um yeah, I think myself through just through my own learning and development, realizing, oh my gosh, like I have put so much of this on, on myself. And once you can unpack that all, it's, it's an ongoing job of working through it, but it does feel a little bit freeing in that, gosh, if I just can change my mindset a little bit and thought about this guilt and shame and constant battle that I'm you know, not a good enough wife or mom or employee or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, that's just a lot of heavy weight to, to carry around when it's yourself putting that pressure on you. Did you have a moment, excuse me, did you have a moment of pause recently where you kind of took stock of your life and how you wanted to show up in it? Hmm. I would say probably over the last two years and, and maybe first so after having kids, um, I knew from a very, very young age, I wanted to be a mom. Like it was just something that I 
felt so deeply and was drawn to. And so I had kids, um, had my first one, went back to work in a corporate environment after having her. Um, and then I, I always felt this pull to be home. And, you know, maybe I want to work part time once I have kids. And I think it's incredible that as females and women, we've worked so hard over so many years to fight for that seat at the table and have those equal opportunities as men in the workforce. And um, in the organization that I worked for, so I'm speaking from personal experience, very much felt that. I felt like women were given every opportunity equal to men. And and I had a lot going for me in, in the corporate world and was so supported in the work that I was doing and I had a lot of opportunities, but there was constantly this little niggle that it's like, you want to be home more, you want to work less. And, and I continued to tell myself these stories, you know, women, you, you don't do that anymore. Everyone goes into the workforce and the way that we've become accustomed to living our lives and doing all the things we want to, you require two working parents and full-time salaries and, and all of that. And so I continued to tell myself that and ignored this little niggle that was, you want to be home more, you want to be home more. Um, and then had a second child and, and same thing. It didn't go away. Our lives continued to, to be busy. There was kind of that constant... Um, battle between my husband and I in terms of who was going when and it was hard for both of us to um, advance our careers and, and work and, and feel somewhat balanced and present at home as well and so um, COVID presented opportunities to work differently and be able to work from home and so many different opportunities opened up as a result of that and so um, yeah, I think it was just finally that point where I was ready to say yes and listen to that niggle that was, you can work differently, you can work um, and be present at home more now with with the different work, work approaches. So yeah, a year ago, uh, made the decision to change uh, who I was working with and have more flexibility to be at home and be present with my family. And it's been great. There's certainly days where I miss getting out and being a part of that corporate world and that team environment and, and that sort of thing. But I just keep telling myself, you know what, you said yes to yourself and, and what was important for now. Mm -hmm. And being present in this time with my kids at the age that they are, that's what's important to me and, and our family. So it was it was a hard decision to make because it felt like it was going against the grain and it didn't make sense to some people in the outside world when it was like, gosh, like you're doing so well and you like it. And and that was the other hard thing is things weren't super bad. It was, you know, I had an amazing team, so much support and all those things, but it was just this internal battle. And I was finally like, you gotta, you gotta say yes. And I was worried that I would regret it later for, um, for my family and for my girls if I, I wasn't here. So. I'm sure that was not an easy process considering all of the conditioning, you know, gender roles and all the things. Can you 
share some of the limiting beliefs that you were holding um, around like productivity or like, yeah, like we have to have a two income. We have to have a two predictable income household Um, and just like give some context to some of that like inner, you know, that inner narrative that can happen up here around what we can and cannot and should and shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I compared myself a lot to other moms who have more children than I do, who worked harder, spent more hours in the office than I did, and and often said, well, they can do it. Why can't you mm-hmm. suck it up and, and keep going? Um, and so, yeah, you do that for a while until you realize we're not all the same. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that each and every one of us is wired differently and no judgment to that mom who wants to stay home and be a full-time stay-at-home mom. Like you've got kids, you know, it is the most challenging job in the world and you don't get paid for it. Um, no time off. There's no, no benefits. No. And so I quickly learned after having kids, you no, know, being a stay-at-home mom was not for me I wanted to work I needed that that adult interaction and you know challenging my brain and and having a a purpose outside of my kids um but I think I never told myself that it was okay to look at it differently and Mm -hmm. you yeah you can make choices differently than other people and that we've been conditioned to to do. And I think what I've learned through all of this and would encourage others to do is really find out what's important to you and make that decision for you. Don't compare yourself to the other people that are staying home or that are breaking through the glass ceilings and making that huge difference and impact in the workplace and feel that you need to be that too. You need to listen to that inside voice and and what it is that you need to do. There's a place for all of us. And I think there are those women who are breaking new ground in the workplace and changing things and we need them too. And so I kept comparing myself to everybody else and, you know, kind of tried to keep up with, with them and what they were doing and was just really ignoring, um, what I wanted and what was important to me at that time. If you can guess, maybe you already know, what do you feel was at stake if you would have made this decision in terms of, were you going to be judged? You know, would you be less than, you know, perceived in your family? Would, you know, would your boss be mad? You know, what, what was, what was at stake in making this decision? I think all of the above. Um, I had great relationships at work and so felt like leaving and letting my team down. Mm. Um, And even at home, it was, you know, even my parents chatting with them about making this decision. And it's like, well, gosh, things seem so good. And is this really something you want to give up now? And I'm like, well, yes and no. And, you know, really there's pros and cons. And so ultimately making the decision to say yes to a different opportunity um, means you're giving up other things too. So yeah, it really felt, it was a hard 
hard decision and there was risks associated with it. But if I think of what was important for this time, it was, yeah, that time at home and the flexibility um, around having young kids and a, and a flexible schedule where you've got a little bit more control over the the time and hours that you do get your work in it has been it has been a good change when when you talk about that that intuition of you know knowing knowing that you wanted something but the limiting belief kind of got in the way how did you how did you really sit down and listen to it and understand and make the plan to make it happen? Because right now we're talking about, you know, leaving corporate and, and moving into more of a home-based role, which you still run a company. Um, that could be applied to, you know, do we get a cleaning service? Do I put my kids in daycare? Do we get a dog? Do I landscape my yard right like if if we zoom out from you know this the the details of an experience and, and move out to the the themes of making that decision and that intuition the beliefs and the stories and the things that we tell ourselves and then the guilt associated with both decisions right like you've got guilt if you stay you've got guilt if you go um how did you really feel into that and then execute it? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. Um, I think trusting that that conversation and dialogue that I was constantly having and obsessing over meant something. Mm. I think I absolutely am still learning to trust that gut and that inner knowing. Um, it's a constant process because your ego always gets in the way. And is that really it? Or I don't know. But I I just said, you know what? You got to listen to it. Trust it. If it's not going to work out or meant to be, you can go back and, and work for this organization again or find... Um, a position elsewhere but if you don't say yes now how will you ever know that mm. that was the right decision and so it was really just let's trust it and and see where where it takes you how did that conversation go what no hang on I'm gonna back up who were you most afraid to tell hmm that's a good question. Probably work. Mm. Yeah. And what was the story you were telling yourself about that conversation? That I was letting them down. Mm. Um, yeah, because I had great relationships and loved what I did. I was just looking for something different. And I knew that that different wouldn't be there or with another large organization that would, would have been similar. And, and that was the thing too. It wasn't like I left that company to go for 
work for a different company that was, you know, very similar. It was a complete change doing some similar work, but just a complete change in, in how that's done too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Share with us what you're doing now. What have you started now that you have left corporate and are working at home, running your company? Yeah. So I've got two things going on uh, right now. So carrying over from my, my corporate world is doing some consulting in the HR field. And so that feels very good. It's definitely my comfort zone. Um, and things that that come easy to me that work um, is is what I'm familiar with. Um, on the other side, I've always loved coaching. And so whether that be formal coaching, informal coaching, you know, in the work world, I, I didn't see it myself, but others saw it in me, but I'm a really good listener and often was that space for for others to come in and and talk to and get advice on. And so kind of naturally fell into that interest of coaching. And I've got two girls myself. And so raising them, my oldest is nine, almost 10. And um, really looking at the impacts of the external world now and what that has on their confidence, their self-esteem, their mental well-being. And I was on the search for different tools and resources that I could use right now with my kids so that I was ensuring that I was building them up and giving them that solid foundation of confidence and self-worth. So when they are technology age and consuming all of that, they didn't feel they needed to seek that validation externally or you know, be concerned about filters and applying different things to get all of the likes and then, you know, that determining their self-worth. And so really felt called to doing some work in this space with moms and young girls and, and building something around different tools and resources to kind of foster that healthy relationship and support um, your, your well-being. And so it's been a fun little project slash passion and and business venture that I'm um, down the road, uh, down the road with, and it's constantly evolving. And again, you know, speaking to that trust, it's like, gosh, I don't really know what this looks like. It's kind of a bit of a feeling. It's, it's a passion of mine and I see the impact that it can have but how you get from here to there, it's, you know, it's a windy turn road and I don't know what it looks like. So it's, it's exciting and, and it's, it's unknown, but um, yeah, it's through conversations like this and and meeting new people that it helps kind of fuel different ideas and, and content and yeah, it's a work in progress, but my girls are absolutely my why behind it. And and their friends and nieces and nephews and and all these kids who've got um it's such a complex world out there now and i think there's so much information and you know and even with ai coming in it's how do you know that the information you're accessing or consuming is actually real and relevant and credible and so 
that is certainly something that is behind this as well is, you know, we're going to go out and source that credible content. We will find those reliable individuals and experts in their field and, and bring the content to you. Parents are busy. They are overwhelmed themselves. And so if we can provide a centralized one-stop shop with credible, reliable, timely information on a variety of topics that we know are impacting us and our kids today, um, that's what we want to create is kind of that safe space and one-stop shop to go for information. Now, I know, I don't know if it's upcoming, but I saw um, that you're hosting a online safety workshop. Is that is that correct? Can you give some context to that just to give some um, realness to the kinds of resources that you're creating? Mm-hmm. Right now, we did just launch coming into September, a Confident Kids Workshop. And so, um, yeah, Tammy is the facilitator of that workshop, has lots of experience working with family and kids in schools, and really just sharing um, in 30-minute Zoom calls some tips and tools for kids to help build up their self-confidence, their self-worth, some real practical tools to help deal with those big emotions as they come up and how to navigate that and and also dealing with social media and and what that does to self-confidence and self-worth and then at the end what I love is she's doing a parent integration session so the intended audience for the four sessions is kids with an integration um, at the end so sharing with parents what their kids uh, we're taught throughout the the four sessions and how they can integrate and support them moving forward. So I think that that's so important as well. Mm-hmm. I think that really is so, 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 so important. Um, a conversation that I'd had with a few clients is this hyperfixation on kids screen time and how how we time it, how we police it, how we are aware of it, because because of the danger, because of the risk, because of all of the things that you just mentioned, self-esteem, self-image, all those things. And the conversation I've been having with my clients whose children are older and um, maybe not on social media, but experimenting with even YouTube or just like searching things, um, you know, is sometimes we worry so much about their screen time we're not as focused on our own and what they might be witnessing or what we might be even unconsciously or unintentionally modeling as parents and Mm -hmm. reframing it in that way of maybe worry less about their screen time not less in terms of safety or any of those things, but less and more reflection, more time, more pausing on how you are using it or how technology is shown in the home or used. Absolutely. Our kids are our greatest teachers. And when I see my oldest on the phone and she's brushing her teeth, watching something. I was like, you know, I get triggered right away. And I'm Mm. like, shut that up. 
But if I stop and pause, how many times have I done that? Right. And you're absolutely right. Like we're their, their role models. And so we have to stop and check ourselves um, and be that example for them because where are they picking up on these habits and or the desire, like even just the the desire around wanting it, needing it, thinking about it, right? And I, I even think about myself. I mean, I do so much. I, I validate it because I'm doing so much work from my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't they don't see the content that of what I'm working on, right? It's just mommy's on her phone, or um, you know, listening to something, or what, whatever it is. Um, and you know, how, how do a lot of parents wind down They numb out, doom scroll. I just need five minutes to zone out, you know? And so, you know, I might go as far to say as, you know, where kids are getting some of that, like, especially kids who struggle with like emotional regulation or, um, impulsivity, like, of course, that's what they're going to see here and do yeah yeah absolutely and it's 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 a hard it can be a hard truth and a hard reality to take ownership of that right the day that I took ownership for how I was showing up the question that I asked myself was how many times today were you able to make eye contact immediately when they walked into the room Mm -hmm. and when I started to think about my own behavior, my own consumption, my own hard parts of motherhood, when did they happen? Often when I was distracted or rushing to a response or, you know, trying to navigate that digital piece of motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And as I was going down this path of searching for different tools and resources and all the things for what I thought was for my kids, right? I quickly realized this is for me. Like I need to go through this process of learning and unlearning myself before I can be that example or share that knowledge and information with them. So I didn't know that this whole journey was actually for me to begin with and um and yeah as I learn and evolve I can pass and share some of that wisdom on with others Mm -hmm. isn't isn't that so powerful of whatever whatever was the motivator or the reason or the event or the experience behind becoming a mother or a parent our kids always, they will always find a way to hold a mirror up and say, what is it about me that's participating in this? What, what am I contributing? Can I get curious about this pattern, this behavior, this thing that seems to be happening in our lives, whether it's technology or behaviors or sleep you know whatever it is how how am I showing up to this and how do I how do I live how do I live and show up in the way that feels good for me 
it feels good for mm-hmm. my family that honors who I am and who my kids are and their temperament and my temperament. Yeah, absolutely. The, the piece of your story where you had this intuition that something needed to change or shift or be different and then getting to the point of executing it I think is something that people need to hear because I wonder how many people out there think that they can't, shouldn't, or won't, don't because of how somebody else might perceive their choices, how somebody else might need to live, how somebody else, other people's, we make all kinds of stories up about other people's resources, realities, and circumstances. Um, and it's, it's important to just honor, you know, what's happening inside of you. Yeah. That, yeah, that would be the one thing that I would love to share with others is to pay attention to that, that conversation inside and and listen to it and shift away all of the other voices and noise and perceptions and really get down to the core and the root of what it is that you want to do and want to be and follow through on that and and when you can find that passion that is so powerful and I think just the ripple effect of that whatever it is for you mm-hmm. the ripple effect of that is on other people is it's profound and um through some of these interviews that i've done um the advice that i was given too was you know what is the best thing or what is the favorite thing about the work that you do and somebody said to me it doesn't feel like work mm. and so i think when you can get to that place in the work that you're doing you know that you found it and you found that thing that it is for you to be doing and so in order to get there you have to unpack and shed away all of those other stories and perceptions and and i think like no judgment to our parents and our surroundings and the school system and things like that, that all kind of add to the layers of the stories that we put on ourselves, you know, Oh, you would be a really good teacher or, Oh, you would do really well in this. And it's like, you know, all of that starts to build up and, you know, kind of resonate over time. Oh, I would be a really good teacher. And, you know, did you ever really think about what that meant for you? Or is that something that you really wanted to do? So yeah, it's, it's hard. It's not easy to really dig deep, so to speak, and figure it out for yourself. But when you do, and when you can, and kind of just be in that flow of of working in the way that you're meant to be working. I'm no psychologist or, or therapist, but I just wonder what the impact that would have on mental health and well-being and we all know that that is a hot topic for 
for many um, right now in terms of individuals who are struggling and, and going through a variety of things. But if we were to truly be living in that passion and, and flow of what we're supposed to be doing, I do wonder what our communities, um, how, how they would look and feel and would it be different um, from a mental well-being perspective. Absolutely. I wonder that all the time. And it's something that I walk through with my clients a lot, you know, of why does it matter? Who told you that? Where did that even start? You know, like, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's for anybody who's stuck in whatever you're stuck in, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quote Anna what is what is one what is the next right thing just one thing because i think when we think about all the complexities let's say somebody right now is considering you know not going back to work they want to be a stay-at-home parent regardless of their gender any gender they've decided they would like to stay home what is one move not not the big move not the scary move not the huge conversation the thing that keeps you up at night what's just one move, one daydream, one small attainable goal that gets you just one step closer. Just one step, not not to the end of the destination. And that feels manageable, right? Just thinking about that one step mm-hmm. versus trying to figure out the end goal. Yeah. Because like like you said, even right now for you, there's still a lot of uncertainty in what this new venture looks like and so mm-hmm. you know if we just move in the direction of that goal in the direction of that intuition in the direction of that whole whatever it is and eventually eventually you'll get there mm-hmm. yeah baby steps And I think that's a really good place to close um, today. And if you have any wonderings about the workshop or anything else that we talked about today, um, I'll put everything into into the notes and you can connect with Janelle if you're interested. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Janelle. Bye. Bye.